Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here with Encore Delight, and we are trying out the new fancy YouTube live streaming function. Encore and I talk about current events and try to look at it from an integral evolutionary perspective. So here we go. I turn it over to you, Encore. Great. And I just want to say this is an important step. Maybe not a great step for humankind in terms of live streaming, but a big step for us towards getting back to what we were saying about the daily evolver. And yeah. our, our idea here is to do a little bit more real-time analysis of the news and kind of back to your original dream of just flipping through the paper in the morning and be like, what's the integral take on this? Yeah. So I've opened my virtual paper here and there's two today. I'm going to do New York times last week was Newsweek, And the week before was Fox news. And there's two things here that I think people are probably, they probably know about and might want to hear about. One is there's a jet that went down in Russia. You remember this story? You know what's going on here? I do. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about that. Or there's this whole uh, Rudy Giuliani in the Georgia election racketeering thing. Those yeah. seem to be two major, you know, there's like some pop music and a Chinese housing crisis and some other stuff. But yeah. What do you think? I think that's good. And I think in, in from an integral perspective, they're both kind of tied. Uh, in this, there's, they're both have a lot of um, uh, contact with the what we would call pre-traditional or red structure of consciousness, yeah. which is right is right, and revenge is very much a that's you wake up in the morning, you know, who, who do I need to get revenge on? That's yeah, that's sort of the you know, cool. Well, may maybe before we get into the integral analysis, do you want to yeah. tell the, the story of what happened with Putin in this jet in case yeah. one of your listeners is like me and kind of clueless about the news? Yeah, well, um, Prigozhin, who was a friend and colleague of uh, Putin's for many years, uh, ran the Wagner Group, which was a group of mer mercenaries that Putin deployed all over the world, particularly in Africa. And uh, they were in Ukraine. Uh, they were the most effective fighting force in Ukraine fighting for Russia. And um, so there's Prigozhin and his military. And then there's the official Russian military. And like all good autocrats, and again, autocrats are operating from that red power thing. They really don't want either one of them. They want them these two things to be at odds with each other. So he did. He kept the military and Prigozhin at odds. And finally, it came to a head because, because were, that's the best for his own sense of stability and power. Absolutely. You know, you can't have these guys being too friendly because they have arm, they have actual armies. Yeah. You know? I mean, so you want to keep them at odds. There's a, you know, there's a sort of a principle in warfare that you if you send people out into the hinterlands with an army, you got to make sure that they're not going to come back and invade you. And that's, you know, this is part of the calculation of the autocrat all the time. So anyway, so, um, so Prigozhin gets mad because he's going to have to register all his soldiers with the regular army. And he does this march on Moscow that happened, whatever it was, six weeks ago. And this was, uh, you know, he said it was about, um, 
you know, revealing the incompetent Russian army. It was not a critique of Putin. Nobody can ever critique Putin. But, you know, it was. And his army, as they advanced on Russia, actually shot down um, Russian pilots, you know, so destroyed aircraft and killed soldiers. You know, it was, it was, you know, it's funny. I mean, you'd think that that would be just absolutely, you would never be able to come back from that. People died. Yeah, yeah. But um, he stopped and he said, well, you know, I was just trying to make a statement. And Putin said, okay, you can go to Belarus and stay there. And um, and the Wagners then have been slowly dissolved and life goes on. And Prigozhin lives. <laughs> but nobody who really knows Putin uh, thinks that Prigozhin is going to really be allowed to live for long because Putin, like, again, all good autocrats, kills his enemies. You know, you don't just fuck around. You you kill them. And you do it in a way that is, you know, where you leave a signature and people know it. And, um, you know, Putin's fate was he does poison and he does... Um, throwing people out of windows, kind of his two signature moves. It's like a mob boss encore. You actually want to be known for it. You know, it literally is a mob boss. That's the same structure yeah, it's, of consciousness. It's, it's deterrent, right? Like it's, yeah. it's a helpful deterrent. Yeah, absolutely. Fear. Fear is the currency. Fear and attention. You know, you want to have a lot of attention on you and want people to always be on edge. So there's not uh, any anything forming that's going to be, you know, united against you. So anyway... Yesterday was a little different. Um, Prigozhin was on an airplane, uh, and uh, I guess he was with a couple of his uh, assistants or henchmen or whatever you want to call them, because Wagner's are bad guys. You know, they were the guys who would kill you with a sledgehammer. That was a thing they liked. That was that was their signature move. Jeez, um, so anyway, uh, they shot down. Everybody assumes it was Russia shot down this jet. So Prigozhin dies and everybody goes, of course, you know, he's, he's not going to live out the year. We, nobody thought he would live out the year. And, and sure enough, he didn't. So, um, you know, that's a, you know, look inside the thinking and, you know, mores, if you will, of that red stage of development that was so much a part of such a long period in human history. This is the empire stage of development before there's really a, a, a sort of a transcendent um, god and, or um, nirvana or something that is you know, a whole other ballgame that moves us into the next stage. But um, in this stage, it is uh, brutal and might, might is right. It's also a lot of passion, a lot of um, juice, and um, yeah. So, so in a way, if, if I well, maybe I stop there and see if you have any thoughts yeah, about this. Just, just a. I mean, I've well, maybe a, a reflection that the the red in warfare and an organization looks differently than the red in music. Like you have this, you have this like might is right power thing in red. It's just, it ends up with a lot of blood, a lot of probably physical and mental insecurity. Like I could see the hunger in red for most people to get to a bureaucracy so yeah. we can just know where we're at and not Absolutely. have to, not have to be constantly watching our backs every time. Yeah. But with music, then what happens? It just gets like boring. 
when it gets out of red? I mean, is 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 the good music red? Is that what you're saying? So that's one question. Uh, oh, uh, well, um, that's such an interesting question, Encore. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, well, music is at every stage. We were making music from day one. Uh, yeah. So that was one of the markers of being uh, human and conscious is we really intentionally made music. Uh, red music is, um, well, it's, 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 it's warlike. It's it's um, it's aggressive. Uh, the current there's two current genres of red music that are online. One is sort of uh, that hard rap kind of gangster rap, and the other would sort of the white version of that would be death metal, mm-hmm. where it's just all these imageries of murder and skeletons and bitches and bling and um, you know, showing off big time. That's that's red. I see. Red loves okay. showing off. You know, red. It's like Trump. He has a gold toilet seat. Yeah, um, right. You know, I mean, he's got <laughs> a gilded ceiling over his right, bed. Right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So um, then, then, he, then my he other question: Child Baron. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah. It's so it's it's that big time look at me kind of thing, and um, yeah. Yeah, so that's the fun part of it. And so that kind of music um, is actually, it's one of the things, it's an interesting thing to see it because for, you know, 100 years ago, you didn't hear music like that. You know, in Western culture, we were trying to get civilized and playing waltzes and strauss and trying to get people to line up and be gentlemen and not spit in the floor and, you know, be elegant. And so that music was bringing that online for us. Uh, and then we get to the stage where we're at and we realize we left something behind here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a juice and passion that we need back and rock and roll sort of was the introduction of that where it's got a little below the waist, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That certainly wasn't true of music before that. And, and again, we're talking the Western cultures, or if you, if you, if you will. So, and then we get into, um, you know, rap and street and, and where this whole part of the culture that had been invisible becomes visible through art. It's what art can do. It's so cool. You know, and so you have white teenagers all over the suburbs of America listening to this stuff. That is, you know, basically the beat and juice and transmission, liquid transmission of this structure of consciousness and worldview and life, life conditions into. So it's very powerful. And so that's what, you know, that's where music has been. There's lots of ways you can talk about music continuing to evolve, but I don't know if that's our topic today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, you that's know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah totally. But it, it's yeah. just helpful for me to put together. Like there's these, um, there's a, there's a stages of development and then there's these different lines, right? Yes. And they, and they look differently yes. and we appreciate them differently. And some of them, it, I, I don't know, to me, someone's like, Oh, I'm glad we left most of the red warfare stuff behind. Yes. Seems like it's probably good for us. But with some other of these domains like art or music, we, we, I need it. Like I want, Absolutely. sometimes I just want to listen to like, a very heavy, hard, harsh sound. Yeah. It, it fits what I need at that moment. And sometimes yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Right? yeah. And sometimes you want to do what you're going to do tomorrow, which is go into the wilderness. That's right. 
because that's that's taking you back even you might say pre-red this is when we're embedded in nature we need that yeah you know and but we have it all that's the great thing and we want it to be you know flying in some beautiful formation and ever-changing but uh you know we're inheritors of it all and that's the project of integral is to you know what can we be as humans look at all this stuff we've done you know yeah it's something i actually love to say and, and tell people that i work with is in in the best sense of the word you you can have it all yeah. not, not not all the plastic junk but like all the things that are really valuable to your <laughs> to your heart and to your soul and to your sense of meaning and connection yes yes you have access yes hallelujah we always end up in that hallelujah yeah you you really it's great you really bring us back there i love that (laughs) (laughs) and then there's rudy giuliani yeah so tell me about that well you know the the the, there's a red that plays in here too and uh it's interesting um giuliani made his fame as a young prosecutor going after the mob in new york and in the 60s and 70s the mob was very powerful in New York, uh, particularly in construction and, and garbage and that sort of thing. Some of these public kinds of services where I, I forget what the um, where what where I saw this, but I forget what the number was. Like ten percent of the GDP of New York was siphoned off into the mob, and you know that's a stage of development right there. And of course, the mob—it's like the Sopranos. They're sort of working in the modern world. They're really not trying to cause too much trouble. They're really trying to make money, but they do—they're—they're willing to use brutality whenever necessary. And so there's these mob wars and lots of murders and that sort of thing. And Giuliani comes in, and he uh, takes on the mob like nobody's business, and. and and the, 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 you know, plants, um, mi- microphones, and just all the stuff. Is, I think this was the beginning of the RICO Act, where there was new legislation that enabled them to, you know, whatever. So anyway, he basically brings down the mob. And, um, and the whole time, um, he is himself uh, just uh, attracted to cameras. You know, he was just, he's, you realize the narcissism, if you will, um, that in a way was when it was um, directed towards the mob, it was actually useful because he had made headlines every night. It was what everybody was talking about. I remember it and I didn't live there, you know, as a kid. Um, and so he becomes this heroic figure. And, um, and then uh, uh, he's elected mayor of New York. And he brings about a you know new level of law and order in the city, new prosperity in the city, and he's mayor during 9-11. And at 9-11, he's this strong figure, and um, you know, he becomes America's mayor. He was beyond reproach in a way. He was a he, he was heroic. I felt that way about him, actually. And um, and then he ran for president. And he just didn't have, it's funny, you know, that you can have these big popular figures and when they, and they could be even politically successful, like a DeSantis, you know, uh, Scott Walker, they step into that big presidential arena and it just doesn't quite work. So he got spat out there and really that never went anywhere. 
And then he got colonized by Donald Trump in this latest iteration. He wanted to be attorney general. Um, he's got a drinking problem. Um, Trump didn't want him for that reason, apparently. Uh, but Trump loved Rudy's um, loyalty. And loyalty is just very much the currency of red, where, you know, it's not about what we're doing or who we're serving. It's about your loyalty to me, that yeah. I know when I make a move, you're going to move with me because that's going to be powerful. And um, and you can feel that red. It's just really, you just want to have more force in the system because laws, they haven't really come online yet. Now, in contemporary world, red people see laws and they use them too, you know, but... Um, uh, but to, always to their advantage. And, and that's, you know, so in a way, it's funny because apparently Rudy really knew this, this, he was comfortable there. It may be why he was, he, he thought like a mob boss that he was able to bring down the mob. You know, it was maybe because of this that he had that knack that Trump has for just being in front of the cameras, just getting attention. And uh, and then he had this loyalty to Trump that uh, was really beyond almost anybody. I mean, he never he's still out there with the stop the steal. And, um, you know, Trump was, um, you know, uh, robbed and how his kids, his children, his children aren't even on board with that, uh, at least Ivana Bunka. So anyway, Rudy's an interesting character, and um, and it's it's uh, it's sad to see the fall that he's taken after the heights that he commanded, and and not uh, and legitimately, you know, he really did a lot of good in New York, and um, so anyway, that's my take on Rudy. Yeah, thank, thank you. Now he's an so old much. pathetic figure and he can't you know trump won't pay his legal bills you know tr trump doesn't have loyalty back is another issue but anyway what were you saying oh no i just uh i don't you know i didn't know the story and so i just see him you know from other i don't engage with like a lot of the media stuff but people people represent him to me as just the butt of a lot of jokes yeah yeah and so to have that here's background the, yeah here's the latest one rudy let me think so i don't ruin it Rudy Giuliani is going to fight this all the way up to the Supreme Courtyard Marriott. You don't get that joke, do you? Do you get that does, joke? Does Trump own the Courtyard Marriott? No, no, no. This is um, during the last campaign. Rudy Giuliani had a big press conference for something scandalous. I'm forgetting what. I mean, you can't. You, who could keep up with the scandals? Um, so it was going to be at the Four Seasons, which is a big, fancy hotel. But Rudy got it screwed up and sent everybody the directions to the Four Seasons uh, Landscape Company, which was in this little industrial park in New Jersey. So <laughs> there's where the media is, because he got the Four Seasons Hotel mixed up with the Four Seasons Landscape Company that has, you know, six employees. 
So they're all in the the uh, parking lot oh, of man. this, and it turns into a joke. And this is where his, you know, his hair color is dripping down his face, and it's just one of the most one of the more absurd moments in recent American politics. Mm. So that's the joke: is that yeah. he's he's not going to. It's not the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Courtyard Marriott. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. That's the, that's the that's the part where you laugh now. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's beautiful that you bring up the um, the loyalty, and it, it's something that as you were telling that story, it's just uh you know, I'm um I'm in like my full on householder middle age existence. You have like this family, I'm married, I've got a kid, I have these objects in my life, I'm trying to make it in some way. And the loyalty, you know, I just went on a hike a couple of weeks ago with 12 friends, like old, old friends. And we had, basically we had this, this ritual, this really beautiful ritual we did together. And the feeling of being able to be vulnerable with these people, these men in this case, and know like just there has to be a certain like a strong undercurrent of loyalty and trust in order to go there it's it's almost like we can't be ourselves if we don't feel that trust and to have that it felt so incredibly precious and that comes from like you're saying that comes from this this red level yeah. and if we if we skip over it and we're like oh we're just such modern intellectuals or we're just like so concerned you know i heard you with the the david brooks critique and you're like yeah. great we're, we're we're wonderful at um being atheists and being rational and you know optimizing and doing decision making and you know not being as racist as we used to that's all fantastic but if we don't have these like deep values they're even like below the family values they're just like that's... i got your back i'm not gonna fuck you now that i know something about you where, where can we get to? Yes. No, it's so true. And and I love your transmission of the luscious human connectedness of that, that we, you know, we don't have in our left, in our disenchanted modernity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yes, to know that that's there to, you know, rehabilitate it, uh, to find ways of connecting and just noticing where you really want to feel loyal to somebody, or you want somebody's loyalty, how, how that all works. And, um, and that's part of what we're doing as integralists, is looking at these earlier stages that are still there, this earlier strata that sort of have been disowned and in the shadows, and, uh, you know, bringing it back. And there's lots of ways to do the red, you know, sports, um, you know, martial arts is sort of a civilized version. Any kind of, you know, combat, fighting, that sort of thing uh, is really helpful for rounding out uh, the human, you know. And um, so, you know, that's the, that's the good part. Just And also the passion, the music we're talking about, dancing, just being wild, you know. We've got to be someplace where we can be wild. And there, there actually has to be some place in society where people can be wild and not hurt other people. I don't know. We're going to have to figure that one out. But that's that's all sort of this 
you know, bright, shining, good side. The downside is, of course, that you're always fighting. Uh, you're fighting to win. You're fighting to kill. Um, you're you're fighting to triumph. And and I, th they just replayed this piece of an interview that Putin did, uh, I think years ago, where somebody asked him about himself, you know, and so they asked him, uh, "Are you a forgiving person?" And he said. Yes, I'm, I'm forgiving for most things. And uh, the interviewer said, what is it that you don't forgive? And his answer, betrayal. Yeah. Betrayal. I can, I can That's totally, the one unforgivable. I can said. totally relate, man. Yeah. I can totally relate. You can't get that back. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Like, I think we got it all figured out. And just yeah. in time. Yeah. I, I just have one question. Why? Why did this guy? Um, I, 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 how do you say his name? Prigozhin. 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 How did he think he was going to survive this thing? He seems like he really misplayed his chess move. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there's lots of speculation as to why. Um, he, he, the, some of which, and I'm sure uh, it's something that Putin has entertained, is that there was a conspiracy of other parts of the army that were going to rebel and uh, against the central army, but they didn't kind of show up. Uh, another one is just who, who hubris. You know, he had been Putin's confidant and cook, actually. He was his cook for years uh, in younger days. Uh, they called him the cook. And, um, and he had been a loyal servant, and he could see the corruption of the main army. And he may have thought that this is how I bring it to my pal Putin's attention. You know, but Putin sitting in Moscow sees, uh, you know, the Wagner group of all groups turning on, his, you know, shooting his planes out of the sky. Unforgivable. Never going to happen. Bad, bad move, dude. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah. So, you know, people go a little crazy 